I would like to begin by expressing my thanks and my gladness to see each one here today. Although it's rainy, although it's wet, there is a desire for God in each one of you. And because of that, you decided to come here today. You decided to come here because you have a desire to worship our Lord. If you would be turning in your Bibles to Psalm, the 42nd chapter, and we'll be reading what's going through the psalmist's mind. Have you ever been somewhere in life where everything seems to be going great and then one day you lose something? Whatever that might be, it could be a loved one. It could be all of a sudden you become sick. At that point, you begin to appreciate what you once had. I remember having the flu one day. I know the flu has been going around. Many people have been sick recently. It's hard to appreciate all the days that you feel good, that you're well, until you know what it's like to be sick. You remember all too well when that sickness comes back how miserable feeling it is to, to stay home and to be, be kept in bed because you don't feel well. Well, as we look in the 42nd Psalm, we'll see that the psalmist, he finds out what he once had was so great. He finds out how important it really was to him. We just sang the song, As the Deer. Of course, this song is based off the first two verses of Psalm chapter 42. As the deer panteth for the water brooks, so my soul longs after you, O God. We see a great desire. Even, even growing up, even growing up and going through school, I remember studying and and there were three main things that they said were required for one to have life. We had to have food, we had to have shelter, and we had to have water. It's a necessity of life. Today, I would, I would beg to say that, that there are probably other things such as, today I would say we must have food, we must have shelter, we must have water, and I would almost venture out to say that you've gotta have a cell phone. I'm not sure that's right, but but I believe it's pretty close. But you see a necessity of life, water. The deer, it says the deer panteth. The deer has went and he's, he's ran and, and he's been out and now he has a need. He needs water. Playing sports growing up or playing sports still today with, uh, with the youth group oftentimes we'll get out and we'll run and run and run. And then I realize I need a drink of water. I know that feeling to say, I can't go on. I just need something to quench my thirst. Well, the, de the deer is panting. The deer has a desire that it can drink from the water brooks, the cool water that will then quench the thirst. He says, just like that deer pants for the water, the psalmist says, so my soul longeth after you. That is my desire. Is our desire God? Is our desire to be pleasing to God? 
Today, as we look at this 42nd Psalm, we'll see the desire for God. First, noticing verses 1 and 2, we'll notice the desire of water. Now, the desire of water, even today, we can understand it because in a physical, a human body, we, we have to have water. It's something that we cannot live without. There's a physical thirst. I think back to John chapter 4. I remember Jesus with the woman at the well. And the woman, the woman comes to him and Jesus says to her, he says, give me to drink. John chapter 4 verse 7. Even Jesus, he understood what it was to be thirsty. And he asked this Samaritan woman, he says, he says, give me some water. Jesus understood that, that water was, was important for life. It was a necessity to live. But if you go down to John chapter 4, verse 13, Jesus looking at this same water, pointing at the well, he speaks of the well and he says, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. That water that they're talking about, that water that the deer was panting for, the water that Jesus was looking at there in the well, he said, this doesn't, this doesn't quench a thirst. This isn't the true water that you should desire. There is yet another water. And that is of a spiritual thirst. Notice John chapter 4 verse 14. That's the, the verse just following is the Samaritan woman there. Jesus says unto her, But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst again. There's a water that Jesus has that can quench the thirst. This water that he's talking about is in fact the words of God. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 verse 6, Blessed are those which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. After righteousness. Those that follow after this, those are the ones that are blessed. Those are the ones that will never thirst because we have the word of God. This is the thirst quencher. This is what will make you never thirsty again because it's right here. You can continue to study. You can grow through it. Then you can receive that crown one day. In Amos chapter 8 verse 11, he warned or prophesied and said, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread nor of water, but for a hearing the words of the Lord. There was a thirst for hearing God's word. It's not a normal famine. It's not a normal drought. But this is where people desire God's word because that's what saves. That's what will set them free. In John chapter 6, verse 35, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He said, He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Jesus is the one that can quench our thirst. We see Gatorade commercials and Powerade commercials and, and different types of drinks that come on the television. Those won't quench your thirst. They might work for a little while, but the true thirst is the thirst after righteousness, to thirst after Christ. First, we see a desire of water. We see that the deer needed the water. He desired with all, all that was in him for just a drink from the brooks. He had a desire that he could just touch his tongue to the streams and to quench the dry mouth. 
Now we'll notice a desire for worship. Psalm 42. We'll start in verse 2. It says, My tears have been my... I mean, my, verse 2, sorry. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night. While they continually say to me, Where is your God? When I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with a voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept a pilgrim feast. Why are you cast down, O my soul, and why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. O my God, my soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I will remember you from the land of Jordan, and from the heights of Hermon, from the hill Mizar. Deep calls unto deep at the noise of your waterfalls. All your waves and billows have gone over me. The Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me, a prayer to the God of my life. We see here there's a desire for worship. He points out in verse 6, wherein lies the problem. He says, I'm stuck here in Jordan. I'm stuck here in the Hermon Mountains from the hill Mizar. He said, that's where I am, but my desire is to go and to be with the multitudes. Notice what he says in verse 4. When I remember these things, for I, use, I pour out my soul within me, for I used to go with the multitude. He has a desire to go to Jerusalem and to worship with those of a like faith. He has a desire to go and worship with those that, that understand, that read the law as he did. But he can't do it. He's stuck there in the land of Jordan. He's stuck on the, on the other side of the Jordan River. We see the psalmist is anguished with tears. He's got, he's got a desire to worship that came from sorrow. We see the sorrow that he has in verse 3. My tears have been my food day and night. His tears are taking over. It's what, what's keeping him alive, he says, while they continually say to me, where is your God? His tears even go to the point of they belittle him because, because he doesn't know what to do. He's got a sense of being lost. He's got a desire to worship because of his sorrow. And he's got a desire of worship because of emptiness. Notice verse 4. When I remember these things, I pour out my soul within me. For I used to go with the multitude. He pours out his soul. There seems to be no help to be found. There seems to be no one that he can go to. He feels lost. He searches the depth of his soul to find whatever it takes to help him to continue, to go on, to live his life. He doesn't know what it's going to take. But he knows there's a way. The desire of worship also came from being scattered. We said he desires to go and to be with the multitude. He wants to be with those of a like faith. He wants to be with those that worship with him. He can no longer worship God in the 
the way that he has done in the past. He can no longer go to Jerusalem. He's, he's been chased out. He isn't able to be with the multitude. Now that he isn't, isn't with the, the people in Jerusalem, now that he's not with the multitude, he knows what he's missing. He knows what's missing in his life because he's not there. Oftentimes it's, it's hard for us to really appreciate the things we have until they're gone. It's hard for us to appreciate the little things in life until they're gone. I once knew a person that, that lost his thumb. He said, it's amazing what you do with your thumb, but you don't notice it until it's gone. Or, or their pinky toe. It's amazing the balance that we have in our pinky toe but you don't notice it until it's gone. Here, the psalmist knows what he's missing. He's missing the opportunity to worship with them. He's missing the opportunity to go and to be with the multitude. In John chapter 4, remember that Samaritan woman we were talking about? The woman at the well. As Jesus is concluding, he says in verse 23, he said, But the hour cometh, and now is... When the true worshipers shall worship God or the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. goes on to verse 24. It says, God is a spirit and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Today we have the opportunity to worship. Each person here had the opportunity and obviously the desire to come and to worship God. We don't know what we have until it's gone. John 4:23 speaking about the worship of the New Testament. He just told her told the woman he said, "It's not on this mountain." He said, "It's not going to be the way the Jews do it now." He said, "But my plan is those that worship worship in spirit and in truth. They worship according to the New Testament, the new law. They worship according to Christ's new commands to the New Testament." In Colossians chapter 3, verse 17, it says, And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Do all in the name of the Lord. As we come together, we come to worship. We come to worship God because we have that opportunity. It tells us, do all in the name of the Lord. We can think of a police officer when they say, I come in the name of the law. It's by the authority of the Lord. Do all by God's authority, which is found right here, the law. Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. This is what you can do. Present your bodies unto God. We're a living sacrifice. I, I have little doubt that this does not include worship. There is without doubt part of our sacrifice is coming and worshiping God. It's coming and living for Him. 
Verse 2 goes on to say, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your minds, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. He says, I beseech you to do what's right. This is your reasonable service. It's something you have the ability to do. It's something you can do. There's not much that we can do for God. He says, but present your bodies a living sacrifice. Christ gave it all. God from the beginning or God, Jesus from the beginning created us. Without him, there would be no us. What can we do for him? We can worship and we can praise. We see here the psalmist had a desire of worship. He wanted to be able to worship the God of heaven. We'll also notice the desire of why. This is something that you can hear anytime you go out and talk to individuals. Why did God let this happen to me? Why did God have a certain sickness happen to a person that I love? Why would God allow my child to be hurt? Why would God allow dot, dot, dot? You fill in the blanks. Why would God allow something bad to happen? People say a good God, if he was a good God, he wouldn't allow that to happen. God put the, put the world in motion and now it has to play its course. Now the decisions that we make decide the things that happen in our lives and also in others. Notice what the psalmist says, verses 9 and 10. He said, I will say to God, my rock, who have you forgotten? Why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As with the breaking of my bones, my enemies reproach me while they say to me all day long, where is your God? He asked the question, why? 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 It's very easy to wonder why things can happen. It's probably human nature to wonder, wonder why God would allow certain things to happen. The psalmist said, why did God forget me? Why do my enemies jab at me? Why must I suffer? We have some of those same questions arise in our lives. Why do things happen? Why can't I just live the easy life? Why can't everything just go my way? We don't understand all the things that that take place, but we do have a promise. Jesus did promise us that we can make it. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. We can do all things through Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 says, There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful. God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape. There's a way that you can make it. Don't ask why. Don't ask why it happens, but rather ask 
What can I do? What can I do to use this for God? The desire of why is a question that very commonly could arise in any of us. But let's, instead of wonder why God allowed something to happen, let's figure out what can I do to use this for God? What can I do to go on? We've got first the desire of water. We see a, we see a deer that is thirsty. We see a deer that needs nothing more than a little water. He said, just like that desire of water, he said, that's how my soul longs for God. Second, we see a desire for worship. The psalmist desired that he could go and be with the multitudes. He just wanted to worship God. He knew what he was missing out on now. We see the desire of why, the question, why me? Why did this happen to me? Let's finally look at the desire of winning. This is what will help you go on. The reason I can sleep at night is because I know I have a Savior and now I have a desire of winning to be with Him. Let's look at verse 11. The psalmist looks at himself the same as verse 5. As he's, as he's speaking this, he says, Why are you cast down, O my soul? Why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God. There is always hope in God. He says, For I shall yet praise him, the help of my countenance and my God. There is hope. Notice he has a desire for winning here. He's, he's got a different, a different thought process. He's not worried about the downtime in life. Now he's looking at going forward. He said there's hope in God. Life's discouragement knock us down. There's, there's no doubt that once in a while there's going to be a setback. There's going to be things that happen that just make us say, wow. They make us, make us wonder why are things going so bad? But the setbacks can't take over. The psalmist is not able to go and worship in Jerusalem, but he says, hope in God. Once in a while, discouragements do knock us down, but life's hopes pick us up. We have hope in life. We have hope because we can win. If you were here Wednesday night, we talked briefly during the invitation about the Apostle Paul, and he said, he said, henceforth, I have a crown of righteousness because of the way I've lived, because of the things I've done, because I've ran the race. I followed God's word. He said, henceforth, because of all this, he said, I have a crown of righteousness. But it's not promised to me only. It's promised to all those that do the same thing. It's promised to all people that follow after him. That's 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8. The psalmist says at the end, he says, I shall yet praise him. The purpose of life is to praise. He understood life's purpose. We as humans should have a desire for God. That desire should lead us to praise him the psalmist says, I shall yet praise him. In the midst of his struggles, he knows he can go on. He can continue his life. 
because he has a desire to win. He has a desire to win one day. As the deer panteth for the water brooks, so my soul longs after you, O God. Do we have that same desire? Do we understand what it means to be thirsty, to just need some water to quench our deep thirst? Desire God in the same way. Desire God in the same way that that he desires, that the psalmist desires the water, that the the deer desires the, the water. He says, so my soul longs after you. Just like the deer desires the water, the psalmist desires God. Do we have that desire? It's going to be seen in the things that we do. Do we have that desire to come and to worship? Do we have that desire to come and to, to be at class? Do we have that desire to step up and to be, be the active person? To help the church, whether it be in our daily lives or, or here locally at the building? Is there a desire within us to step up? Do we have a desire for God? We should have a desire to win. And that desire to win is going to link to all of that. In Acts chapter 4 verse 12 it says, Neither is there salvation in any other. For there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. There's only one name that you can find salvation in. There's only one person in which you can find salvation. And that's in Christ. Speaking of Christ there, he says there's salvation in in no one else. Acts chapter 4 verse 12. Galatians chapter 3 verse 27 tells us just just how do we get into Christ. If we want to win, how do we get into Christ? Where is the salvation? He says, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There's one way to get into Christ. We're baptized into Christ. Link that with Acts chapter 4 verse 12. If you want salvation, salvation which is in Christ, you have to be baptized into Christ. Matthew chapter 10 verse 32 it says, Jesus said, whosoever therefore will confess me before men, him will I also confess before my Father which is in heaven. If we want to be confessed by Christ, we're going to have to do what he says. We're going to have to be willing to first confess him. Acts chapter 3 verse 19, he said, Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. The whole problem is their sin. There's sin in the world. There's things that we can do. We can sin against God because we break the law. Sin is a transgression of the law. We've got to be willing to repent. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 talking about great men of faith and the things that they did. It says, but without faith it is impossible to please him. We've got to have that faith that it's talking about in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 which comes from the word of God. Romans chapter 10 verse 17. We've got to be willing to repent that our sins can be blotted out. We've got to be willing to confess so that Christ will confess us. And we have to be willing to be baptized into Christ because in Christ is salvation. Acts chapter 4 and verse 12. Do you want to win? 
You should have a desire to win. And that desire to win should push us to do what's right. We must be desiring God. If you haven't made the decision to make Christ your Savior, if you haven't been baptized into Christ, that being also His church, the body, if you haven't been baptized into Him, today is the day because you desire to win, because you want to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. If you haven't been baptized for the remission of your sins, today is the day. If you haven't been living right, you haven't been desiring God to your fullest, you haven't been willing to, to go the extra mile to live for Him, today is the day. If you have that need, make that desire known. Make that desire known that you want to put God first, that you desire to win. If you have that need, please come as we stand and sing.